It's the Pikey and Lout Show, Talking Taipans. Chris Pike and Alex Loughton come to you with everything that is 100% Taipans. Let's go. It's Talking Taipans. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pikey and Lout Show. We're talking Taipans, and let's get straight into it because, boy, have the Cairns Taipans given us lots to talk about this week. I'm Chris Pike, your co-host, and let's get straight to my other co-host because he's the man you all want to hear from, Alex Loudon. Thanks for joining me again. You know, um, Pikey, I think the thing the punters enjoy hearing our, our back and forth, I think you've got some good insight and cover a lot of the league. So both bits of gold uh, <laughs> for the people of Cairns. But, uh, man, what a weekend. It was. Uh, it's going to be a telling tale how the weekend went. Um, you know, I, I didn't predict a win in Sydney. I thought that would be a tough get. However, with Sydney Kings playing back-to-back games um, and the big man, Andrew Bogut, having to play big minutes to, you know, try and secure a an assemblance of a game in Perth only to come up short and then have to travel again you know he's going to be ailing a bit as he gets uh, on in his 35 years of age so um, could be a bit of a, a telling tale for how postseason player will go for the big man because mm. there's back-to-back games pretty much a yep. day apart um, he's getting older you know there, there could be little niggles that start to come in for the big fella this episode of the Pikey and Lowes Show is proudly brought to you by Cairns Total Physio. Less pain, more life. And Staten's Plumbing Company, plumbers who care. Yeah, absolutely. And they don't have a genuine backup big for him either at the Kings, so they, they put a lot of faith in, in Bogut being able to play a big role there. But as for the Cairns Taipans, it all started Friday night at home with that terrific win over the New Zealand Breakers, but it was a win that... Given the way the team was playing, they just had to have against a team that was struggling. So they they pretty much did as expected. But as we've seen this season, especially against the Hawks, the wins that you expect haven't always come. So I think it was really important that they got the win that they were expected to get and then to go to Sydney on, on Sunday and to beat the league leaders who were... You know, I guess they were a little bit tired from the travel coming back from Perth, but at the same time, they're the league leaders and they would have been pretty hungry to bounce back from the loss in Perth. So to, to, to win those two games, to make it three in a row, to now have won five of the last six, um, I said it last week and I think you were not quite on board when I called them the most exciting team in the league, but I think they have to be considered that right now. There's so many. There's so many points about this week weekend uh, just gone that uh, are so huge. So the the win against New Zealand, yes, we predicted the double digit sort of win because on their form. But 36 points off the bench, Pikey, mm-hmm. and uh, check the turnovers. I believe it was uh, 12. I think it was 12 turnovers 11. Uh, for that. Yeah, uh, 11 turnovers for that game. So right on the money of what our numbers, what we've been talking about all season. So with the bench confident. You know that thirty-six point uh, contribution. They head into Sydney, and not only bench confident, but they've also given the starters a bit of a rest as well. Mm. Given that uh, they were able to, you know, log some minutes, so they're going into Sydney feeling, you know, not too exhausted and pretty, uh, pretty upbeat. So they they deliver one of the biggest blows of the season, and Scotty Machado puts his name back in the upper echelon of mm. um, the best point guard category. You saw Corey Homicide Williams bagging him out um, when they lost against the the uh, Hawks uh, three times in a row. He's saying, "Look, Casper, where there's the best point guard because Casper wouldn't let that allow that <laughs> to happen. He he would have won the game. Scotty mm. Machado didn't didn't get the game won. Therefore, Casper's uh, you know up there now. Flip the switch." <laughs> Machado head-to-head versus Casper Ware. Now, 
Casper did bloody poor in the points, uh, 21 points to close out the, the game quarter, yeah. pretty much straight. Um, but Scotty Machado still still um, very like clockwork, just able to um, own the game just at his pace, finding guys on the on the wings for open shots. Um, DJ Newbill continues to eat at the table laid yeah. by Scotty Machado, just enjoying, um, you know, d- dishes served up <laughs> uh, left, right and center and, and DJ's been feasting. So, um, you know... Just, just really galvanizing his position uh, in this league. When you've got players like like DJ who who wants players to make a play for him, so then he can get the ball and and finish their good work, or he can get the ball and make plays himself. You've got you've got Majuk Deng who's a knockdown shooter. You've got Koat Noy who can knock down a shot, but also can make his own play off the dribble. You've got Cam Oliver who can hit the outside shot, and you can also feed him inside. You've got Nate Jawai who, if you give him the ball inside, he's a he's a beast to stop, and you almost have to double team him. How much does it help when you've got those offensive weapons that are being fed by a pass first point guard? How much of a difference does that make to a team? Well, well it makes it makes all the difference. Every every player um, is able to play at their best and be in a position to be successful because they know that the ball is going to be moved around. And mm-hmm. it's um, you know it's it's a credit to to Mike Kelly and the club finding the unique sort of diversity that that have it all mashed together. It's it's hard to do. Um, but a player like Scotty Machado, you go, man, we've got to lock him away for um, many seasons to come. Yeah. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you the story real quick because. Um, Someone said they they go, oh, Scott at the game. Uh, they they called out uh, a quick question to Scotty. They go, oh, Scotty, we can't wait to have you back next year. He goes, he goes, man, the way I'm playing, I'm going to the league. <laughs> so the, well, the top ends aren't. Yeah, yeah. So he, I mean, it could have been a bit of a retort, but sure. it also is a bit of a theme for the the Taipans this year. A lot of self confidence, um, and only just getting back into the top four contention. Is th- is this going to be the hardest challenge for Mike Kelly? Is to maintain an even keel and and keep all the uh, the the well, I wouldn't say the egos, but the self confidence in in check in reality mm. that you know help them understand that um, it's a it's a still a long way to where they've got to go. How is is this the biggest challenge for Mike Kelly is to keep them all in check? Yeah, you make a great point. If you go back to last year and you felt like as much as Mike would try to build the team up and, and you were part of the group, so you know what the inner workings were like, you just felt like the confidence within the group was never quite there because they you put the hard work in, but you could never see the reward for it at the, at the end of the day by stringing wins together. So the, the self-belief mm. was not quite there. Then you put together this team this season, and, and I know that only – only, only, only Fab and J.K. and and Nate have come back from from last year, but it's still that I felt like at the start of the season the group felt like they could be good, but they didn't quite believe it until they started to see it happen. Then you lose the first three games of the season, and and I guess that self belief falls away again. But then it builds up when you have that huge win in Perth, but then you falter against Illawarra again. Then you get built up again against Melbourne, and you, you keep being on a bit of a roller coaster. But now all of a sudden, over this last six game stretch, and I know you take out the overtime loss in Illawarra, but that you know that happens. But really, it's been six games straight now where they've played tremendous. And and you're right. All of a sudden, that confidence level is shot through the roof. And and I feel like the rest of the country, for the first time, probably since you last made the playoffs back three years ago. When you when you play that semi final series against Perth, that the rest of the league's now taking notice of the Taipans. They're talking about Cairns being the giant killers, but they're also talking about you know guys like Scotty Machado being potentially the best point guard in the league. You talk about you know Coat Noy being Rookie of the Year, and you know he might go to the NBA. And you suddenly the the country is now talking about these guys again. And you're right. How do you now 
avoid them getting overconfident because you don't want them to fall flat if they have another loss, which, you know, this league is so tight, there's another loss that's only around the corner. You can't keep winning for, forever. So you have to make sure that their confidence doesn't fall right away again if they lose, but you also have to make sure they don't get overconfident and stop doing the things that have made them successful because some of the key things that have made them start winning games are rebounding a lot better and boxing out a lot better, and that's just a mindset thing. That's the thing that you do through hard work and, and just through concentration, not turning the ball over. That's through concentration as well and those are the sort of things that if you get overconfident can can fall away again and if you fall back into bad, bad habits if you're seven and seven if you lose two games again suddenly you're back in six sixth or seven seventh spot and you're out of the playoff mix again so they're still pretty pretty delicate delicately poised and maybe maybe that's the the goal for mike kelly is to help them realize the blueprint it's like we didn't get this based on um all of our self-confidence just overflowing and you guys taking crazy shots and then happening happening to go in it actually started with your concentration it started with your box outs it started with taking care of the little things but i, I will say this the, it was self-confidence at the start of the year a lot of uh, big talk in the media a lot of uh, big branding of, of each of the individual yep. players them sort of broadcasting what they're going to do this year so it's sort of a fake it till you make it and that's kind of turned into a team confidence the way they're um, sort of talking about how they're playing and you know everyone's in a bit of a groove and and everyone sort of contributing and playing well so that has had a bit of a shift right there but I think uh, I think yeah this is a it's an exciting time and I think it also comes with a lot of just being wary about where this thing can quickly it can quickly turn bad mm. or it can can continue to be solid so um, a, a lot of upside with but still a long way to go um, I've had a 21 win season I've had a grand final uh, season in my first year so I know what it's like mm. to come into a new program and have that full of confidence and then see um, the the progression and it's uh, it's still a slog all the way down to the very end so um, you know full credit to the to the Taipans for um, putting themselves in a position halfway but it's exactly that it's halfway and there's still uh, plenty more basketball uh, to go but it's great to see a lot of the hype building up around the orange uh, orange men the other thing I should have mentioned was the ball movement that's been the massive thing moving the ball on offense has allowed everybody to get involved but I can't help but notice the caution in your voice. Um, if if you were asked to come down to speak to the group, what would you say to make sure that they 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 keep keep on track? What what do they need to be mindful of to to avoid it? You know, maybe getting ahead of themselves. Well, I think it's about um, identifying what really has got them there. Has it been, um, you know, the overzealous kind of self-confident, you know, talk? Has it been jacking up shots early, um, ones that just happened to go in or you've caught team fire? I don't think it's been that. I think it's been doing the little things. It's the boring process things, the boring behavior things that have um, been taken care of to a man. They've boxed out, like you mentioned. They've they've put a body on their players, guys that would give up a height difference like like Cam Oliver on most bigs, he would give up a height difference. He's he's concentrating more and getting the box outs done and then using his athleticism to go get the ball rather than um, just forgetting to box out and turning it into a jumping contest of which the five sort of had their way at the start of the mm. season. So they need to identify what has really happened. Um, you touched on the, the ball movement. So it's, it's all the little taking care of the little things on the defensive end and um, certainly sharing the rock uh, on the offensive end and, and good 
plays have opened up. So um, yeah, even Keel, I think I think there um, you know a little bit of confidence is always going to be handy. It helps with yeah. your momentum and it gives you that little pep in your step when you when you you're doing your shoot around and you 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 look at each other to a man as you're going to work and you say, man, we we got this game covered. Like you need that, um, but you also need to understand that um, you know you got to stay even keel. With the Sydney game on Sunday. They, they were fantastic for three quarters, the Taipans, and they had the game under control. But the Kings were always going to make a run, and they made that amazing run through Casper Ware in the fourth quarter. I think he had 21 points on his own in the fourth mm. quarter. I think they got back within four points on a couple of occasions. I can't help but think a month ago, that was a game that the Taipans would have been overrunning. What, what are they doing right now where they can withstand a run like that from a team as good as Sydney but also steady and then come back to win the game where I, I just I couldn't see that happening four or five weeks ago no well I, I, the first thing that pops into my head is the is the the voice of Jody Maguire just mm. talking about uh, momentum shifts look they're going to happen they're going you're going to have negative momentum shifts and you're going to have positive ones the idea is to stem the negative ones and then to try and amplify the positive kind of momentum shifts so maybe maybe as a team they've um, sort of uh, they haven't panicked when there's been a negative momentum shift they've been able to stem the flow a bit uh, even though that one that you're talking about was a pretty um, one player Generated uh, momentum shift from a, a, a superstar, perhaps the one of the best in the league. Um, so that would have been a tough order anyway. But they had put themselves in a position anyway, um, and they've been playing great basketball. Where it just kind of water off a duck's back. They kind of maintain even keel, and Scotty Machado continues to um, really own the tempo of the game as well. Now I thought he really closed the game well. Um, took his opportunity, found open shooters. The, the guys hit shots. You know, they hit some pretty tough daggers um noise three-pointer on the 45 um off a left-hand skyhook mm-hmm. pass kind of over his shoulder almost yeah, a little bit pass, um, yeah. no look you know noise just knocks it down dj newbel knocks down a big one and scotty machado finds the play going under the screen so he he stops and pops for three um and also the full the court pass where he was trapped in the corner down in the backcourt he was able to throw a, oh, man. Throw a, a full man, court how, pass how do you how do you just break the, the press <laughs> just yeah. with you know is he just and he put it on the money. Yeah. It was a three-quarter court pass yeah. over his le- over his right shoulder with his left hand, like like that's yeah. I don't I I can't think of more than maybe two or three players that could have made that pass in my whole time playing in the NBL. So um, just makes it look easy, mm-hmm. but just um, just uh, your, your floor general. You, you couldn't you couldn't have a better player in that position. So I mean, um, you know, the, the confidence continues to go, but such a big momentum shift getting a going two and zero that weekend, yeah. uh, and it really sets the the stage for a very palatable uh, fourteen games to to um, start go go in the second half here. Now you were at the game on Friday night at Cairns Convention Centre. What what it went through your mind when you saw that Glenn Rice Jr. was playing for the New Zealand Breakers, given the last time we'd spoken about him, he was pretty much fresh out of jail and we thought we would never see him in the NBL again. And I think, as hindsight will now tell us, we should should have never seen him again. Well, first of all, undeniable talent. You go oh. for 30 points, like it's an undeniable gift of playing basketball. But there's there's so much more to it. Like the the players for New Zealand, you know, probably understand they're not going to win too many games when, um, you know, you have a one-sided sort of a, a player that's able to, to do that and not involve the rest of the team. Well, I they mean, played isolation yeah, basketball every time he got did. the ball, didn't he? It was a lot of ISO. Yeah. It was a lot of, you know, uh, and he's able to get up, get up the numbers. But how many games are they? 
they're going to win playing that sort of style. Um, you know, so it was clear it wasn't going to be a, you know, a long-term sort of fix. And, and <laughs> it's, it's a bit of a circus really, yeah, isn't yeah. it? I mean, they, they've he ends up going in back into being arrested. Yeah, 24 the, hours later. The next, Unbelievable. The next day. <laughs> so, you know, oh, it's, it's, it's a shamozzle, yeah. Bucky. It's a, it's a shamozzle. I mean, and, we've talked yeah, about this before. And, Culture has been a massive part of what you've tried to instill at every club that you've been part of. And, and that's not just for the Taipans. That's been when you've been back playing with the Marlins. It was when you went over to Perth to spend some time with the Perth Redbacks. You instill a culture at a club that that then the, everyone involved in that club lives by. It's just something like that wouldn't have happened at a club you were involved in. I, I just don't think you would have stood for it. And, and someone like Glenn Rice Jr., with his background, first of all, he would have never come to you, to a team you played in. And then once he had his first incident, you certainly wouldn't have given him a second chance because history tells you he's only going to keep letting you down. Yeah, well, and and Abercrombie, I feel for him because he he's... he's... He knows the the right culture mm-hmm. of, of a three peat um, championship winning team. Um, so I mean, he he just must be at a loss as well. Think of man, you know, there's been so many changes, new coach, new you know, new everything, um, and then you know he's got to sort of live through this sort of nightmare. Um, so I mean, I don't I don't know what the what the end is in sight for the the breakers, but um, you know, it's certainly not going to come this this season. Well, I think it's, um, it's, I don't think it's any surprise that when they played again on Monday night, Glenn Rice didn't play. They win a game of basketball. Sometimes I know they got Corey Webster and Scotty Hobson back to offset it, but mm. sometimes by getting less talented, you can become a better team in certain circumstances. Well, you can be tight, and you can you can um, uh, you know have better team play, sure. and, and that will often um, you know get you over the line in certain situations if everyone's sort of you know contributing and, and on point. But um, yeah, we I mean probably digress a bit, but <laughs> it was certainly um, you know I guess it, as predicted, the the Taipans were able to, to get that W um, and sort of uh, go full steam ahead. What's the when you're sitting in the crowd now in in amongst the Orange Army? Is the belief starting to grow? I felt when I sat there at around this time last year that they were hopeful of a good performance more than maybe expecting one. Is the expectation now starting to grow amongst the the fans again? Yeah, I think for sure the last sort of two, uh, even just the last game, I think confidence gets restored. Um, we're moving into obviously school holidays where families will have time to go to those midweek games. Yeah. So, and I expect um, a pretty good turnout, um, you know, for Thursday's game against uh, the Wildcats. So, um, yeah, I, I think for sure it's the talk of the town. Um, and, uh, you know, that's a great feeling. I remember those years when all things were, were going forward and, and um, you know, stadiums were getting uh, our stadium was getting packed to to the 5,000 mark instead of the the low fours or mm. something like that. Um, but, yeah, it'd be great to have a full house uh, Thursday night. Now, one other thing from around the league, I think it, it's becoming more and more clear that you might have been right on the money for a long time ago about Lomelo Ball not being here for much more than half of this season. He's now been ruled out for the for the next month from the Illawarra Hawks with a supposed foot injury. We'll wait and see if it's a, a real injury or not, I guess, further down the track. But... Would you expect to see him again or do you think your prediction from more than a month ago about him being gone before Christmas is now going to to come to fruition? Well, check the date. Was it when did they play the Taipans that uh, on our home floor? Was it the third of uh, November? Yeah, it was around that month. It was, yeah, it was around six. early November, and then there was another time. 
um, a couple of weeks later where he gets the triple-double. Yeah. So I called it back then at the start of November. This guy is not staying around uh, after Christmas. He he will enjoy Christmas with the family back in the US uh, and then he will uh, be on ice uh, until the uh, 22nd of June for um, mm-hmm. obviously NBA draft. But why would you stay? Now, there's so much money at stake. If you stay and continue to get injured and get the foot mm-hmm. fatigue injuries and all the other kinds of niggles, you're, you're risking um, a multi-million dollar contract probably you know eight or nine million um, a, a year type of thing where I mean it's not the what the official rate what's the if you get if you go number one in the draft what is it five or six mil guaranteed or something and, but and, it's, and it's guaranteed multi-year multi as well yeah yeah, yeah, multi. So it's a three or four year multi year deal with you know your shoe deal and everything else yeah. thrown in there. You, you know, if you if you stay and risk getting e- injured and then have a bad sort of showing um, at camps and yeah, it just mm. doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, he's done everything he can. The the double. Um, Going a triple double back to back—that's surely that. I thought that the first game against the Taipans was as <laughs> yeah. big as he's going to go. 24, 24 points, 10, 10 assists, uh, or something like that. Yep. And then he goes to triple doubles. Like that's, you know, that's that's curtains, mate. That's a thank you and good night. Uh, that's the NBL season wrapped up, and that's the uh, number one pick wrapped up. And you don't need to see any more. That's that's it. No, I mean, that's I, it. I, I think you're right. You bought it. I'd be I'd be stunned if we, I'd be stunned if we see him again. Yeah. Yeah, no, hundred percent, and I think the board of you know he will have a board of directors basically directing his every um, play from here on out. It's not really, and they might even ask his decision, but it, in the end, it's going to be their their guidance, his agent um, calling the shots, uh, and I think their their advice will be strongly look. No, you've you've done well. You've done really well. <laughs> um, so let's rest you up and let's uh, get you ready. This episode of the Pikey and Lowes Show is proudly brought to you by Cairns Total Physio. Less pain, more life. And Staten's Plumbing Company. Plumbers who care. Now, let's get moving, Lowes. Um, we don't spend too much time looking back on your playing career, but I want to I want to go down this rabbit hole just quickly. Um, when you arrived in Cairns back in 2010, that power forward spot was yours, and over the next four or five years, you made it your own. You took the team to grand finals. You you were one of the best forwards in the in the power forwards in the competition. Um, you, you were the starter there. It was your spot. Um, a lot of those battles you had against opposition teams, Cam Trigard was one of your one of your probably maybe fiercest opponents. Um, I'd be fascinated to get your thoughts. What was your feeling when all of a sudden he was brought to the Taipans because? There was nothing, nothing that was going to happen other than him taking minutes off you. What was your initial feelings? Well, we, we go way back. Uh, me, and, me and Trig, uh, obviously, Nationals battles, same age, and then uh, we're at the AIS together in 2001 uh, and really good mates. Uh, and he, uh, we both went off to college and he came he came back early but started uh, NBL straight away. Um, so, you know, we, we both sort of felt our way into the league and, and we're starting to make a name for ourselves. So, um, you know, obviously a really good, really good scorer, um, you know, spin moves for days and uh, based out of Melbourne. Melbourne there is uh, I was playing at the Wildcats and um, 
uh, or, you know, than the Taipans. But um, no, look, when he was coming up, you know, we sort of um, you thought, oh, well, there'll be a bit of an adjustment. But in, I think in the in the long term, um, you know, we're just able to do, uh, find a really good synergy. And I think once Matt Burston came in as well, we were um, a, a pretty good a pretty good unit, a pretty good core uh, unit, and uh, we all had our place. I mean, Trig was a you know sixty percent finisher in the post, um, and I was more I was finding my niche in sort of uh, from long range and then um, sort of uh, you know just some some handy uh, picking up the trash kind of uh, <laughs> buckets and things like that you know uh, but um, you know we just we we're just able to complement uh, I guess the team well and we we realised we, we brought different things to the table um, so no really really good mate of mine and uh, I was able to catch up with him Pikey uh, just uh, uh, the other day so uh, we might as well cut straight to the interview now but good to catch up with uh, NBL commentator now uh, again sort of analyst a, a lot of the radio stations here in, in Cairns uh, but a good mate of mine Cam Trigard Alright I'm here with Cam Trigger Trigard, and who would have thought uh, it would have taken eight episodes to get in before we get Trigger on the airways Trig how are you going mate? Mate I'm well everyone knows the best talent comes in the eighth slot you know everyone whatever's done it's like who's coming eight exactly and, uh, that's who the real winner is this is so, when the goal this is, this is the champagne <laughs> edition of interviews right now thank so you. thank you for saving this coveted spot for me like we planned absolutely absolutely now the Taipans form uh, obviously uh, their biggest weekend to date a home a massive home win but then a scalp on the road in Sydney how hot is the Taipans form right now Oh, Lowe's, they're, they're in fuego right now, and, and they're just fun again. You know, like Mike Kelly, he, he's made the Taipans great again and made the Taipans fun again. They've got the elite point guard. They've got long, switchable wings, and uh, and Cam Oliver, one of the best rim protectors uh, in the league as well. So they've just got so many boxes ticked. But, Lowe's, to answer your question, that, that Sydney scalp was – just a warning shot to the league that, you know, th- these guys are no joke. Absolutely. And let's talk about Machado. He's obviously the head of the snake. Just from the way we, we see him, and I know you think the same way as I do, but the way he <laughs> plays, he's a dream teammate. He's going to make everyone better. Uh, he, he finds guys that uh, are just, you know, naked on the wings, but DJ Newell's been feasting at the table, laid by Scotty Machado. How good is Scotty Machado um, in this league? Well, he looks like the best player in the competition right now, and that's not to take anything away from Casper Ware, who's proven, you know, essentially he's, he's probably the best player over the last, you know, three or four years that we've seen in the league with his body of work. But if you were just an alien coming down from uh, out of space and you didn't know the league and you watched Scott Machado, you would say that he's the alpha. So you're right. He sets the table for everyone else, obviously uh, the best passing point guard in the league. But, I mean, he can score as well. Uh, he does it all. Love his leadership. He got switched on to Sean Long a couple of games ago in the post. And Sean Long just dropped the shoulder and, and Machado takes the charge through the chest. Looked like it really hurt, really winded him. But you could just see all the Titans teammates look around like, this guy's a superstar, but he's in the trenches with us wrestling yeah, with yeah. the monsters. And yeah, it was 
that, that leadership stuff that, hey, I'm flashy, but I'm, I'm do the grit and grind as well. He's impressive on a number of levels, Laos. So when Corey Homicide goes off, you know, he, he's obviously going, Casper, where the best point guard? And he's like, well, Machado, you know, a few games ago, they, they lose again to um, Illawarra Hawks. And then Corey says, um, you know, he the best point guard in the league would have won that game. And that's been about the only, um, you know, downfall for the Taipans is that those three losses against a, a somewhat bogey lineup for them. But coming out of that, it seems like uh, they've righted the ship. Uh, it does. And you've got to lose them, Laos. Like, they're learning how to win. They're learning how to be a good team. You've got to have your knees knocked together a bit in the last five minutes of games and burp up a few and learn those lessons to be able to be a good team and win at that it seems like Perth Wildcats and the old breakers of when we used to play, they didn't just flip a switch and uh, there's this all-conquering entity all of a sudden. Like yep. You've got to go through that teething process, take your medicine, learn what doesn't work. But I tell you what, they seem to have figured it out now because with five minutes to go and Casper Ware's throwing them in from everywhere, Cairns yep. just held strong, kept punching, and held on and got the win. They're impressive. I just remember this one pass to Kwan. Now he just finds a left-hand looping hook pass over his shoulder to Noy on the 45 to then nail a, a dagger three. Um, I was just like, how is this? He's just operating like, you know, like in in second gear. Like it's it's sort of like he's, the game's slowed down for him. Yeah, it, it is. And, I think he'd be getting even more hype if, if you know, those next stars weren't in the league. Obviously, uh, LaMelo Ball is the most, you know, part of the most famous basketball family on planet Earth. So he's got this billion person following. But if you're talking about just pure basketball greatness and then a couple of 300 gamers like ourselves with just jaws dropping, you know, you're talking about just seeing greatness. I mean, the Cairns fans, you should be coming out and, and getting around this guy, because I never know what he's going to do next, Lous. You mentioned the pass to, to Noy. He's probably got, you know, 50 to 100 of those passes he's made, but we're like, what the hell? How did that? You know, so he's doing stuff every night. He's certainly worth the price of admission, and, and we're blessed to have him playing cans. One of the fans, uh, Trigger, I've got to tell you this story. So they said... Um, uh, the fans are going gaga over Cam Oliver and Scotty Machado, obviously a physical specimens as they are. Um, but they go, oh, um, Scotty, we can't wait for you to, to come back next year. And he goes, man, the way I'm playing right now, I'm going to the league. Like this, <laughs> this whole, t- I mean, Kort Norris says he's going to the league. Uh, everyone says they're going, is, is the, con- the, the Taipans are not short on confidence. Is this going to be enough to carry Scotty into the next level uh, with his sights set on getting back into the NBA, this this kind of performance this year? Well, we're all going to the league, Louds. Everyone is. And, uh, I mean, you'd have to think he's close. I mean, essentially, he's a backup point guard in the NBA. I mean, never say never, but he's a little bit more suited to our game. It's not explosive quickness and length and yep. size. He's, yep. he's more of a floor general crafty yep. guy. And the NBA is such a specialist league now. And they're looking at guys like Hampton and Ball, you know, six, seven, long range. At the point gap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, it is, 
he's incredible, but is he a specialist? Uh, time will tell. And he's probably having a bit of fun with the fans as well, just jostling a bit. Now, the last thing I want to uh, talk about, in, in any kind of grand final sort of situation, I feel like that there's an X factor. You've got your players that you know are going to be superstars. They're going to, you know, carry the bulk of the load. But then all of a sudden, someone rises up and is a bit of an X factor. If the Taipans are to make it deep into the postseason, who is going to be the X factor for them outside of your, your trio of imports that are really putting numbers on the board. Yeah, there's a couple lows. I think if you want to look in the starting five, uh, obviously Noy's been, been very good, but he's a rookie. you got to give him time to hit and miss. Uh, Majok Deng, been super impressed uh, with him. His length, he's a tough cover in the four spot. Sort of like the new prototype four. Very athletic, switchable with a perimeter jumper. So, I mean, he's got a chance to be a flat-out start, in my opinion, the most improved player in the competition. But uh, I think that X factor's got to come from the bench, Lows, and it, it's got to be a, a Nate Jarwai, uh, probably or a Mirko Jarek. You know what you're going to get from Kenny? He's going to be solid and give you relief minutes where, where he just holds it down. But yep. I think you're going to need... Two or three threes a game from a Mirko Jarek or uh, 12 to 15 points from Nate Jarwai off the bench. They're really going to cause some noise in the postseason. Cantriga, thanks for chatting with Lows and on the Pikey and Lows show, and we'll see you at the game versus Perth Wildcats. Thanks for having me, Lows, anytime. Big thanks, Cantrigar, for joining us on the show. Uh, really appreciate, really appreciate his time. Pikey, what are your what are your thoughts? He's obviously uh, glowing reports of Scotty Machado, and uh, you know, the, talking about a Taipan's uh, X factor when it comes to uh, going deep in the postseason, he's really calling for an X factor off the bench. He'd like to see a Nate Jowie or a Mirko Jerick be really solid and, and rise up to the challenge uh, when it comes to that that postseason play. Mm. Can the Taipans continue? Uh, in deep into the postseason, and will they need an X factor? Absolutely, I think it's a great point that he makes. I think, I think Moko's the the man for the job. He, we talked about confidence earlier in the show. He doesn't lack any self confidence of of shooting that ball as soon as he catches it. Um, we saw him do it before he went away to Serbia when he was at the Crocs. We saw him do it in Reptile Rumbles especially. He just loves hitting a big basket, and we're starting to see signs of it. Um, this past weekend, he, he was terrific. I think Moko Jerich is, Jerich is the top, is the fellow for the for the job because I think I think Majuk Deng and Nate Jawai are going to continue to swap that that starting role and that start that six man role. So. I think both of those guys will continue to deliver what they have been doing, but but Mirko's the the man, and I think you know he could be a big factor in deciding how far the Taipans go because all of a sudden you the opposition focuses on those top six guys, and and you always will have to when you've got got Machado running the point, you've got DJ who you have to lock down on, you've got Oliver who can do it inside and outside, you've got Majuk Deng who you have to step out on because of how well he shoots the three ball. Kuwait Noy is a tricky one. I don't know how you defend him effectively because he is almost just as good shooting the three ball as he is then taking it to the rack and, and then you've got Nate Joe as well. So the opposition scout are going to be focused on those six guys. So I think Mirko Jerich is the, he's the guy that, that can step up and stay open. And if he keeps knocking down the open shot and he can hit three or four of them every single night, this Taipan's team can make the playoffs. And if you're, if you're Sydney or Perth and you play them in the first round, um, it, it's a very tricky matchup.
He'll be trouble. The only player that can really stop Mirko Jarek is Mirko Jarek. I've seen him get a little bit too hard on himself sometimes. Uh, and it could just be a Serbian uh, thing where he, you know, is able just to, to unload a bit of expletives under his breath in Serbian. Mm. Uh, but I, I don't want him to take himself out of the picture by getting too worked up uh, on a missed shot or, or just a, you know, a play where he, he'd like to have back. I think he can give himself a bit more credit, not get himself so down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I certainly love the way he can catch fire uh, and really lift really lift the side now a couple of things now we also saw Wertho and Trigger last year they built up some chemistry together in the commentary booth for games and I think they did well together and then I think when it when it turned out that Wertho was going to have to return home to to WA this year um it seemed like to a lot of people you might have been the natural one to to then join Trigger in the commentary booth um obviously the way the league's gone by doing things a different way that hasn't happened was that something that you'd ever ever look forward to yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, it's it's fun to, to talk about the games, and it's easy to to you know gas bag around with with your mates. And certainly, um, you know, it's certainly been an easy one for for me. I feel that um, could could be deliver some game commentary and keep it exciting. I think we always um, I speak with Trigger on the road when he was at Cairns, and we always felt like you know you're you're responsible for the product for delivering um, to the fans what they you got to tell them what they're seeing. They got to tell them that it's an amazing move that just happened because people. Don't the, the general public won't really know if a move is is really amazing unless you really tell them how hard it would be to actually execute that. So you've got to kind of you're 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 responsible for how the game is portrayed to the general public. And I think um, you know spoon feeding them with um, you know how amazing each play is. Um, you, you know it would be a lot better than just saying, well, back in in my day when I played, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have done that. That's a terrible move. You know, and just kind of always reverting back to yourself. Never really carried across. I felt from from some commentators mm. so um, I think you've got to really make the game exciting and, and like the like the NBA commentators yep. do um, they, they, they're really uh, they're quite creative with how they spin it mm. uh, and, but it's really exciting to listen to the game in the NBA as well well let's hope we get to see that happen happen one day um, let's keep moving because we've got another double header for the Taipans to look forward to this weekend and it all starts Thursday night back at the Cairns Convention Centre and it's an opponent that the Taipans have really enjoyed playing so far this season. Two wins already against the defending champion Perth Wildcats. Um, massive game this Thursday night because the Wildcats were back in form themselves last week beating beating the Kings at home and then also going to Melbourne to beat, beat the Phoenix. Um, what are you expecting from this one? Well, on my way to work to this morning at uh, you know a, a very early eight eight a.m., uh, I see Damien Martin strolling the streets of Cairns. <laughs> so they've obviously come over a, an extra day, uh, obviously because of the importance of the game. I think they came straight so from Melbourne. Over... I think they've been there for, for a few days. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they've, they've they've come up to get acclimated, obviously, but yeah, just uh, spend the extra day in Cairns just to make sure. So uh, here Tuesday night, here all day Wednesday, all day Thursday into the game. So now they they going to be ready so if i know trevor gleason he'll be using the the taipan's sort of confidence or cockiness against them he'll be telling his players look at look at the way they're carrying them themselves they they think they're all this and all that and we're we're going to show them up you know so um i think he 
he, he understands, um, you know, how important this game is for their record, let alone the, the series. There's always that mini series uh, each team uh, has head to head that um, Trevor will not be liking where the numbers are at this stage. So, you know, he'll be giving his players a lot of motivation to, to really lock in and focus on this one. So I'm expecting a, a pretty uh, hostile game, but I think the Taipans uh, will, will still uh, be able to get the win by six points. Glad you mentioned Trevor Gleeson, and I'm glad you mentioned Damian Martin as well. Um, it's a big night for both of them. Trevor's coaching his 400th game in the NBL. You, you've spent a lot of time playing in teams against him, whether it was when he was coaching in Townsville or that brief stint he had at the Tigers and, and now in Perth, and, and Damian Martin as well. He's 300th game for the Wildcats, and I think mm. he just arrived over in Perth the season after after you left, so you haven't quite got to play with him on a club level, even though you might have at Boomer's level, I'm not sure. But um, what, what are your thoughts on the milestones for those two? Yeah, well, I mean, Damien, Damien Martin joined the uh, AIS team when we went mm. to the States back in 2001. He was coming up as a young uh, young pup. So, um, yeah, that was the first time we were able to play uh, with each other. And then there's been a few sort of uh, boomers sort of stints. Yeah. But I mean, he's obviously gone a lot further with boomers than I have. No, look, uh, he's, a, he's a consummate professional. But, yeah, that's all the motivation they need. A couple of milestone games for coach, a milestone game for Damien. And then, um, you know, the, Trev will use that uh, as as much as he can to uh, will his his uh, boys over the line, uh, but I think they're they're up against a tough matchup. I think uh, the Taipans have uh, are on a on a big roll. I think uh, Machado um, really controls the game, and I mean Bryce Cotton is playing that two spot. Mm. Um, so you know it's going to be a, an interesting matchup. Uh, whoever gets uh, the assignment of guarding um, uh, Bryce, so uh, yeah, I, I think it's an exciting an exciting uh, game on Thursday night. To me. From seeing the Perth team this season, it looks like they live and die by the way their big three perform. So Bryce Cotton, Tariko White, and Nick Kay. And I think if one of them's quiet or if you can shut one of them down, I think you can beat them and I don't think they're going to win too often. Which of those three, if you're the type end, would you make a really, I guess, the biggest focus to, to, to shut down? And do you think if you shut one of them down, you probably win the game? Well, I think uh, Bryce is pretty talented. He'll probably get his numbers either way. Sure. I think um, uh, Nick Kay is sort of a solid sort of contributor. The ball doesn't really go through him. He's go through him. He's just a good sort of finisher, and he'll rebound uh, and he'll get his um, you know solid points and contribution there. I think Terrico White's the guy that um, if you can shut him out uh, and and really minimise his impact, then it really changes the course of the game. Mm-hmm. What's your tip? Can I nail you down on something? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think I've, uh, I've gone with six points uh, to the type ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll win by six, but I think uh, the Wildcats will be really making it a physical game. What would that mean for this type ends team to have beaten the defending champions in all three games this season? What would that mean if they can get the job done? Well, I think the more important thing is is just winning out at home because you've got sort of fourteen games left. There's um, you've got a huge job on the road, a huge task of probably winning sixty or seventy percent of your road wins to close out a season. You've got to take care of home floor because there's not many more grace games left. So um, I, I think that's the big picture worry. Um, you've really got to close out these home games, hold serve at home. Uh, but certainly beating the defending champs um, three times uh, would be would be absolutely huge uh, it just goes a long way into it just galvanizes that confidence I think and and um, you know you just know how to win tough games it really carries you through those series in the playoffs so um, you know a, a win tomorrow would just be huge for Mike Kelly and the gang and then on That's Sunday right. for the Taipans first ever game for them to play the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix so still a pretty short turnaround from 
from hosting the Wildcats on Thursday night. Um, when you play a team for the first time, and it, we're now sort of just past halfway point of the season, is it is it a bit of a filling out process when you when you're early on in the game? Yeah, I think so. You, you've, you're facing a lot of unknowns, mm. aren't you? And I think uh, they've got one of the hottest shooters in the league in, in uh, Robson. Yeah. So, you know, with Mitch Creek doing his thing, uh, you know, he might find a, a longer matchup in, you know, quite Noy. He might be able to um, make life a little bit difficult. Uh, for Mitch Creek so um, I mean you know with Ben Madden and, and all those uh, sort of higher level players for their squad I think they're they're starting to um, well they obviously started hot and then hit a bit of a reality sort of a point but that I think they're, they're sort of clawing back kind of um, their culture and who who are what are they standing for so it's a bit of a danger game if you if you go in there sort of a bit lax in in your approach they, they could come out and, and stun you um, and put you on the back foot so I think you got to treat this game as if they're um, kind of in that in that groove, like a, a team at the top. Uh, it's a it's a bit of a danger game. Do you see these two teams as the two that are fighting out for that fourth spot, or do you see do you see Adelaide and Brisbane still in the mix? Or uh, I mean, to me, it looks like the Phoenix and the Taipans are a bit ahead of the Bullets and the Thirty Sixes right now. Um, that makes this game potentially even more important. I think Adelaide will will leapfrog. Melbourne Phoenix mm-hmm. um, in this uh, second half of the season I think um, uh, and they'll be hot on the heels of the Taipans I, I don't think the Bullets are going to make it there off the back of um, Lamar Patterson brilliance um, so I, I think um, yeah I think the Taipans will, will have got some hard work ahead of them they, they've really got to find a, another gear another level to lift to um, to really sort of keep Adelaide 36s at bay but um, you know Taipans have got a got a point to prove now, and I think Melbourne uh, Phoenix after after a tough Wildcats hit out, uh, it'll be a great test to uh, you know only have Friday and Saturday to recover and, and head down to Melbourne. So um, it's probably a bit of a, a crucial pr- crucial game for the Taipans really, and I think they can think they can get it done. Um, I just think that it's a bit of a surprise packet from Phoenix. So I think that you, you think they'll go two and this weekend. Yeah, I think so. I think I think it's going to be a tough game, but it's um, I think Taipans will go up by four. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just it's a bit of a grindy game. I'm just not I'm just not sure how that that game's going to go. I think Melbourne Phoenix are going to throw the kitchen sink at them and really um, really try and dig deep to restore uh, a bit of their bit of their confidence. So yeah, it's just uh, it's a bit up in the air. But yeah, if they can go two, if Taipans can go two and two and zero, oh, then you know it goes a long way. Just very quickly, the other games this weekend across the league, this is a big one too, based on what you just talked about. Adelaide 36 is hosting the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. This one could could start to see the 36ers sort of start to, to leapfrog the Phoenix if they can, can get that is win. It, okay, Adelaide 36ers will hold serve uh, against Melbourne Phoenix in, in Adelaide. I think there's just too much at stake and too many uh, uh, veteran players on the Adelaide 36ers that won't allow... Uh, any more slip-ups. So Jerome Randall and co. and Daniel Johnson will get the job done uh, against Phoenix on Friday night. And Saturday. This seems to be the marquee matchup of the league in, in recent times and certainly the, the league builds it up that way. Melbourne United, Sydney Kings in, in Melbourne. Look, I think Melbourne United... 
uh, might actually uh, get this one over the line only because, um, you know, Sydney Kings have, have had a bit of a struggle of form. Um, obviously, they'll be firing. They'll be coming back in ready to fire. But um, I think the youth and exuberance of Melbourne United and, and a bit of a taste of knocking over the, the number one team might actually um, get the juices flowing for them. And they're a bit, bit more younger, uh, a bit more younger legs. Mm. Uh, they might actually um, just uh, have a bit of a cracker against Sydney Kings. So Melbourne United by uh, five points. And Saturday night, Perth Wildcats hosting the Brisbane Bullets. I guess if you take out the travel that the Wildcats have to do coming back from Cairns, um, if they're feeling pretty good about themselves, this has a bit of a bit of a scary feel of being a blowout for, for mine in favour of the Wildcats. Yeah, I think the Wildcats will win by 12. Yep. Um, yeah, but Bullets uh, have bit of a been a bit up and down uh, and mainly down really when it comes to a lot of those those games so i haven't seen a good enough form from the bullets to to really give them a, a better buffer then sunday new zealand breakers hosting the la 36ers i mean who knows what we're going to get from the breakers at this point i think uh, adelaide might be uh, a bit buoyed by their uh, performance on uh, on the Friday, mm-hmm. I think if uh, they should get the win done in Phoenix, therefore head to New Zealand with a wet sail and um, and uh, know that well, they'll know how crucial it is to go two and zero that yeah. that weekend. So uh, I think they'll be a better focus than the New Zealand Breakers. So yeah, Adelaide Thirty Sixers will win. Last up Monday night, Illawarra Hawks hosting Melbourne United again. That has a bit of a bit of a danger danger feel to me with no Lamelo Ball, a couple of new imports for the Hawks, but. That looks like it could be a, a comfortable Melbourne win to me. Yeah, Melbourne United uh, will get that one done. Um, probably double digits. Probably, yeah, probably 18 to 20 <laughs> points, I think. This episode of the Pikey and Lowes Show is proudly brought to you by Cairns Total Physio. Less pain, more life. And Staten's Plumbing Company. Plumbers who care. There we go, Lowes. We'll see how we go, but... We've got through half halfway of this NBL season here on the Pikey and Lau show. We've been talking Taipans. It might be a bit of time for us to take a deep breath. We'll keep you informed on how we're travelling over the, the holiday period in terms of the show. Um, we'll do our best mm-hmm. to keep you informed on our progress. But, you know, 11 rounds into the NBL season, we're almost almost into double figures here on the Pikey and Lau show. I think we've made a pretty solid start. Mate, there's been a lot of twists and turns, and you certainly can't blame the league for uh, being uh, lacking any excitement. It certainly is incredible, and I can't wait for the second half of the season. Uh, if you're a Taipans fan, which most of our listeners should be, uh, then strap yourself in because we're in for one hell of a ride to close out this uh, season at uh, NBL 20. 